being creative in how you approach it is really what we were asking you to do. How can you make an art of this? What is like, get creative. Think about how you can do this in a new way that mm -hmm. demands creativity. And you might bring something new to, to that occupation, to that job, to that role that nobody else has done before. And who knows what can come out of that, right? Instead of just trying to be productive, let's be creative beings. And I mean, it's one thing for people to start doing that wherever they are, but it, this is also a call out to to the leaders out there as well to be open and to receive the creativity of the people who work for you. That needs to happen. That needs to be embraced. This is Way of the Artist with Brandon Colby Cook and Evan Schulte. Identifying your blocks and demystifying your struggles so that you can claim your own path and make your life a work of art. Hello, 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 everybody. Welcome to Way of the Artist podcast. We got another one coming at you. Uh, this one is life beyond productivity. We had a pretty big conversation leading up to this one, really trying to figure out what this was all about, sharing some personal stuff. We always like to keep it fresh and relevant for ourselves, you know. <laughs> it's always good to talk about like what's hot, what's pressing. Um, and there was just something about productivity that seemed to be swirling around um, definitely for myself like it was something that was literally popping up everywhere around me the last little bit and something that I was experiencing uh, for myself and I thought you know what we need to get into this we need to maybe dispel a couple of the issues around this thing of productivity um, because productivity is a wonderful thing not knocking on productivity <laughs> but there is a kind of worship of productivity in our culture that i think is very unhealthy and i think that a lot of people experience productivity in a very unhealthy way and where can we find some balance with this thing of, you know, producing something, but where does it reach its breaking point? Where does productivity become something that is is stopping you, that's hindering you, that is shitting all over <laughs> your creativity or even your sense of well-being? Um, because it absolutely 100% has that capacity. And I'm speaking from personal experience and I'm speaking from recent personal experience. <laughs> so yeah, man, let's, let's do it. Let's get into it. The idea of productivity, I'm thinking about it as you're talking and I was thinking it's productive because you think you know what you're actually producing. You think you know what you're moving towards and I think if you take an artist perspective, the artist is open to not always knowing what they're doing, to not always knowing what is actually being produced and what's coming out of this. And that's part of what makes life more interesting. That's part of what makes art and creativity more interesting. And it's kind of exciting because it's the unknown, you know, it's this, like if you're, if you're saying like, okay, well, I want to make a certain amount of money or I want to accomplish a project or I want to, there's a certain productivity to that. There's a certain amount of logistical, like I got to get this done. I need to do this. These things need to happen. But what, but I, when I'm hearing, like when I'm thinking about this and I'm thinking the life beyond productivity, the life is the unknown part of the productivity, which sometimes looks like wasted time. It looks like mm -hmm. leisure and it looks like, relaxation and it looks like just sitting around thinking or you know doing something that doesn't necessarily seem like it's getting you forward you shared a story and and i hope maybe you'll get into it a little bit more in the podcast but about how you said okay no more <laughs> i'm going to the beach or somebody's gonna die <laughs> like yeah. this is it you know like I, i'm doing this thing and and 
when you said it and and I heard it the first time to me, it just resonated. There was so much purpose in it for you. And I think that was the life beyond productivity. You know, you're busy getting your place ready. You're busy moving. You have all these big things on your plate and um, you can get into the details about it. But then you were like, I don't want to do that anymore right now. I want to do this thing I want to do, which is kind of the reason why I moved. It's kind of the reason why I did all this and just the way you had said it and in the tonality and just everything <laughs> in it, it was like, this is, this is the point. And I think that's the life beyond productivity. It's when the point overrides being busy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I'll, I mean, I, I feel like you just set me up there for that, for this. So I'll just try and, I'll just try and give everybody like the, the quick version of this. So it's like, yeah, I recently moved, uh, my wife and I, we moved away from the big city. We moved into this place that's, you know, full of like nature or right by the ocean. And, um, you know, anyone who's been through a move, it's a stressful thing to do. It's like rated like the second most stressful thing to happen in your life, aside from like the death of like a loved one or something. And uh, there's so much to do from from packing up to moving in and then unpacking everything, getting, you know, your place kind of set up into a place where you feel comfortable. And you know, through the process of, of learning about a new community as in, in addition to just getting things set up, um, it's just things become so much about having to do things all the time, just about having to be productive all the time. And I was at a point where I'm like, I am at my absolute limit. Like I am, I am, I cannot do anything else. And, and so it was so important for me to go and swim in the ocean. Like it, we, <laughs> it's like all this time had been passing by and like, I've just been staring at the ocean <laughs> for the last, you know, like week or so week and a half and just being like, I need to go swimming. I need to like, just get in the ocean. Like, this is like you said, part of the reason why I'm here, you know, was part of this life that I'm trying to create and trying to build. And if I didn't do that, it was just, it was almost a symbolic gesture, you know, of like, okay, this is the meaning of all of this, you know, and there's still a a laundry list of things and tasks that still have to be done. But... (laughs) I'm much more fueled and ready to do it simply because I took an hour of time to just go and sit by the ocean and go and swim for a little bit and just and just not have to be productive in any way whatsoever. There's a tremendous value in doing something for no sake beyond itself. You know what I mean? I mean, I suppose you could argue that in this situation, I was doing it so I didn't, you know, like murder somebody. (laughs) But um, this is maybe just sharing that personal side of it kind of fleshes out the reason why we're getting into this discussion and, and people can relate to that and we can open that up into a broader conversation, into a more universal idea of this whole thing of of productivity because i experienced firsthand where productivity hit its breaking point because don't get me wrong like for the first several days you know getting things done you know like all right doing this doing this all right got that done got that finished there's something tremendously rewarding and satisfying about about that. There is something I would say that is even creative about it. You know, there is problem solving that you have to do when, uh, when, when you are trying to figure out how to make certain things work, even if it seems as, um, sort of, uh, domestic as, you know, (laughs) as moving furniture around. Right. Um, but there is an element of creativity that comes along with it. But the thing is, is that there's always, that next thing to do. It's like, this thing's done. It's like, okay, but now there's this, and now there's this, and now there's this. And 
this is almost like a little microcosm of pretty much how all of life goes. There's always a, and now there's this. There's always a, now there's this. It, it never stops. So I think that we can accept that that is that as a pretty general reality. There's always something to be done at whatever point you are in life or something that you could do. And if we become if we become so focused and tied and, and that is our our sole drive in our lives, there is something that it takes a toll on our our sense of well-being, our wholeness, our sense of like, like for all of our artists out there and creative people, there is a tremendous creative toll that comes out of it because so much of creativity comes out of a space of for no reason. You know, you just do something for no reason. And that's where all these incredible, mysterious, unknown new things occur. Mm -hmm. So there's this balance that's there that I think has to be acknowledged because I don't want people thinking that like, oh, I'm just shitting all over productivity here. You know, because there's there's absolutely a value to productivity, but it has a ceiling and it yeah. has a very hard ceiling. For you to do your move, you know, you had to take a ferry, you had to put all your stuff on a massive truck, move it across the ocean to get it there. You know, all the obstacles that you had to face to do it, that took a certain amount of work. And there was a clear deadline when it had to be done by, and there were certain dates that you were committed to and other people were committed to, including myself, <laughs> to get this stuff across the water to this new place and all of that. And I think that there's like productivity serves, it serves a place for like things like goals and stuff like that. But I think what's most important when it comes to productivity is people look at it like there's a lifestyle. And this is where I think like life beyond productivity exists is that take weightlifting, for example, or fitness. People can get so about their weightlifting and their and their fitness that it becomes this job. And it's just about getting your gains and being productive and getting fit and losing that weight. And it's all about always, always, always being productive. And, and somewhere in there, like, don't forget to live. And mm -hmm. I think what, what, what's kind of important, and I think really what I'm seeing out of this topic is that it's about breathing life into your lifestyle, you know? So you're not just a machine that produces, you're not just a, a productivity machine. You're, you're a living human being that needs to live, you know? And and it and and that's part of the beauty of it because if you were just a machine like you would just be a slave you know you'd be a slave to this thing right and yeah. i think when you hit your breaking point and you're like i'm going down to the ocean i'm going for a swim it's like that's where you you step from being a slave to your goal and and your goal becomes a part of your lifestyle and i think that's a very important distinction for people to make because who cares if you get everything you want and you're not, if you're not happy, if you're not fulfilled, if you're just a slave to getting everything you want, there'll always be something else you want because whatever you get, what you want, like whenever you do that, whatever happens, that will become normal soon enough and you'll want something else. And then you'll be the slave to that. And it'll, it'll continue forever. And it'll be like a carrot that you chase and can never actually get. And um, these moments where we decide to live are so important. And I have many things to say on that particular topic. I'm, a ton of things are coming to mind, but I'll leave it there. I think it's a lifestyle, you know, and productivity has its place in your lifestyle, not the other way around, you know, your, your, your lifestyle is a part of everything and productivity has a place in it and, and you are not a slave to being productive. You don't have to be, even though productivity is important for you to achieve your goals, for you to do your things, you got to go out and do them. You got to be disciplined and, and you got to keep your commitments and you got to follow through and take action. But at the same time, you have to schedule in a break, you know, you have to schedule yeah. in a time for you and that's also your responsibility. Mm -hmm. Yeah. There's, there, there's, a, a deep necessity within our being to 
for for those breaks and it seems counterproductive and i mean this is something that we've we've touched on in in past episodes before but it's like there's there's tremendous value in just like shutting everything down and and just like okay i'm i'm going for a for a walk you know like just doing something that is not hands on with with what seems on the surface to being productive it's not typing in anything into a spreadsheet so to speak right <laughs> but it's in a way when you allow yourself the space to go and and do something that that is completely unrelated that has that serves no purpose other than than to itself um something kind of incredible happens to your productivity which is that like you can often be more effective in the way that you do produce things i mean especially for people who are artists or in creative fields like you absolutely need to be doing this. This is part of, of, of your homework. This is part of your work. And part of your work is to, is, is to create those spaces for yourself. Because if everything, I mean, I never like to just say that everybody is the same, same way. You know, there are some artists who are, yeah, like they're much more built into a, a scent, a way of like, I just keep working. Like, and they just like, they just, that's the way that things keep flowing for them is that they just keep, you know, they just keep the pen going. They just keep the, you know, the paint, the paint, you know, brushing and they just keep all of this stuff happening. And that's that, that works for them. But for most people, there needs to be other things that are involved. And I mean, like, I know that um, in many of like the old acting traditions, you know, a lot of the like the old philosophizers of acting and performance, you know, they thought that it was absolutely necessary for actors to be involved and informed about their society you needed to be out in the world you needed to be going out and having experiences as a human being so that you could do good art mm -hmm. you know and i like that it seems pretty obvious you know when you when you say something like that like it's like yeah like of course like you need if you need want to be relevant inspired inspiring as an artist and as a creative person, you, you need to be connected to life very intimately. You can't stay in an insulated bubble, which, I mean, I know this firsthand as an actor as well. You get stuck in just a big actor's bubble sometimes, mm -hmm. you know, where you're just busy dissecting scenes and human behavior in, in a certain kind of way. And suddenly you're so detached and removed from how you're actually experiencing and living your life that like you, your performance starts to become kind of like a pantomime of yeah. of what life is as opposed to being an uh, an expression and embodiment of life itself you lose touch with you lose touch with life if you get all about productivity and you get all about like building and and trying to grow like the self-improvement community is like that it's all about self-improvement well go out and live go out and test this stuff because if you don't live it, it none of your self-improvement bullshit works if you don't <laughs> test it and you can have some guru come along and say, oh, do this. And in an ideal world, you know, these things will work. Well, go, go try it. Go, go, go see somebody in the world. Go talk to people. Like, it's like, you know, you have these people say, oh yeah, you know, don't, don't react, you know, don't react, be, you know, be in the moment, be present with your emotion and all of this stuff. And like, you know, be conscious. And it's like, okay, well, you know, you're in the middle of traffic and somebody just cut you off and they're swearing at you. And like now, now until you face that, you know, this great little theory of don't be reactive isn't tested. And unless it's tested, you don't really know what you're talking about. It's, it's like people who are book smart versus like street smart, you know, and there's a value to being book smart. There's a value to having theory and philosophy and all these things and, and education. And I think it's very important, but if you don't go and live it, if you don't go and test it, you know, it's like you could, you could study swimming all day. 
<laughs> you don't jump in the water and experience taking a big gulp in the mouth, you know, <laughs> yeah. you don't, you don't know what you're talking about. You don't know what that's like. I'll tell you something, I'll, a little story, a parable. So I did a mini triathlon once and triathlon is swimming, biking, running. And I, I always played soccer and we, we'd run like, you know, 10, 15 K, I don't know, 10 miles a game. Like we, we ran a lot. Right. And practice was hard. So I was a really good runner. I was pretty fit. And I thought, man, okay. I was super nervous about swimming because swimming's like my weakest area. I, I did a lot of biking in my life and I did a lot of running and those seemed like they'd be pretty. And also I'm on land. <laughs> <laughs> But like swimming was scary. And I was like, I'm glad this is first, but I'm like, I was planning on like falling behind everybody. But we had this guy, he was like a mentor of our little group. And he said, look, most people gas halfway through on swimming and then they get scared and they don't know if they can finish. And it's like, there's going to be people out there. He said, slow and steady, just take it slow and steady. You know, don't overdo it. Just trust. So I'm just like, okay, I'm going to go out to the swimming and i'm just gonna oh and another person who had done the triathlon the year before he shared with me he was a like a semi-pro swimmer and he's and but he hadn't swam in a while or he was and he hadn't swam in a while and he would when he did the triathlon um he was like yeah i'm gonna crush it right and he went out and he gassed himself halfway through and he thought he was gonna drown right he was super scared and he barely made it to shore to like do the rest of the triathlon and he shared that story with me and as much information as you get before you go into this thing, you don't know what it's like. And when I was halfway through and I was in the deep water of this, this mini triathlon and I was swimming, I was like, this is me swimming longer than I've ever really swam. And like, I, there's all these people around you. It's, it's very hectic. And I was thinking, God, I'm so glad that I'm going slow and steady because if I had tried to just like get ahead of everybody, I probably would be gassed right now. And this would be, but being in the water and having that fear and thinking mm -hmm. I might have to wave my arms to, to one of these lifeguards and the race just started and I might have to like give up immediately is a scary prospect. But when you're in it and you've done it, like my confidence around swimming, my experience of just being in that environment, my compassion and understanding for people who do it as well, my friend who told me that he nearly gassed himself, my understanding was so much more profound because I had lived a little bit of it. Mm -hmm. And I think that's where life is beyond productivity. You know, you can, you can prepare all you want. You can study all you want. You can do all the exercises that you need to do, but until you're there, you're not going to know. And that's where you got to make room for it. That's where you got to just put the productivity to the side and you got to go out in there and, and try some of this stuff, you know, um, just, just give it a shot, see what happens. And, and sometimes you got to fall on your face. Uh, another little part, just let me share this really quickly. Yeah, of course. The third part of the triathlon. Okay. So I'd done the swimming and I'd done the biking and I was doing pretty well. I wasn't, I was like in the top third and that's pretty good for a guy who's never done a triathlon before. And I'm thinking, okay, we're going to get in the running. I'm going to pick it up and I'm going to maybe be competitive for like the last little bit, you know, for the top guys. I got off the bike, put on my, um, or, or I, I put on my other shoes or whatever. And then I just started running and I, my legs wouldn't move. It was the weirdest thing I'd ever experienced. My hamstrings were so tight from the bike. And because I never trained that transition from bike to running, I didn't know this until and I, I was like, oh my God, I might not finish the race. Cause like I could barely put one foot in front of the next. It was like <laughs> the weirdest feeling. And I'm like a good runner. And I, this is where I was supposed to do the best. And I did the worst on the running by some miracle. I was able to push through like for like 10 minutes of just like sucking. I just was like, I don't know if I'm going to finish. I don't know if I'm going to finish, but let's just keep going. My hamstrings kind of loosened up enough that I could start actually getting a pace to my running. And I started like making some gains, but like my legs, I don't know how to know how to describe it until you've been in it. I don't know how to describe what this feeling is like. It's, it's so weird. You just feel like you're useless. And <laughs> at least I did. And, um, having that experience gave me a new understanding of my body. It gave me a new understanding of like what it takes to like push yourself this way. And 
it gave me a lot of parables to other things like this conversation. And I think that there's so much theory in life. There's so much stuff where you can, you, you think you're being productive, but you're not, you're not really productive until you go and try and live and you try and do the thing, mm. you know, and put your, put yourself on the line and try something. And that's where you're going to find out like, what am I really made of? You know? And I found out in that triathlon, I had willpower in ways that I didn't know I had willpower, which was just to keep going, even though like I was embarrassed, I was honestly embarrassed because there's all these people watching and I'm like looking like a little old person, like a geriatric, like walking down the road and like swimming and like thinking I'm going to have to give up the race after like five minutes into it or 10 minutes into it or whatever it was. I don't even know. Time seemed to last forever. Um, interesting enough on the swimming, I actually did one of the best. That's actually what put me in the top third. And that was my worst yeah. and my, my area that I thought I wouldn't do very well, but just slow and steady and kind of going through it. And you don't know until you're there. And and all these other swimmers who are much better than me, they had pushed themselves too hard. And, and when they were slowing down, I was actually catching up, you know? So you don't know until you go live and try. Yeah. I mean, and I, I think that you bring up uh, an interesting element of like productivity, you know, it's just like, in, in some of our mentalities that we have in our society about being productive and how you're supposed to be, you know, a triathlete, it's like, well, you want to be a triathlete, you should be out there running, you know, doing, doing like triathlons every day, <laughs> you know, like your own triathlon. It's like, and anybody who runs triathlons will tell you, it's just like, no, you should not be doing that every single day. You know, like you will, you will burn yourself out. You will have nothing left you will not be prepared for the day when it comes because it's like you're just not built that way mm -hmm. you just can't you just can't function at a high level that way you know like i i dated a marathon runner for a little while not a not a triathlon but you know a marathon runner like a, a provincially ranked one and you know like she definitely ran a lot over the course of a week but she wasn't running marathons every single week you know, like she was, she would definitely like, there were days like where she would, yeah, like she would run 20 K, you know, there, but then she would have her rest days, you know, where she would run six K, you know, it's like, it's not, it's not just about going all the time because that becomes destructive to your body mm -hmm. at a certain point. So it's like, there's, there's an understanding that's like, you need to, to provide yourself with a certain level of rest. All right. Not not just like this. And this is on a purely mechanical side of things. That's a purely mechanical way of looking at it. That's not even factoring in, you know, the emotional, psychological elements that that are involved with this. You know, um, another thing that comes to mind is this interview I remember from way back when in um, in like, I think it was GQ magazine and it was about Daniel Craig because he was like the first Daniel Craig James Bond movie was coming out and they were talking about sort of like how he trained and how he got in shape um, to play to play James Bond and his trainer basically like he worked him five days of the week right he's like five days of the week it was like okay like we've got you on this diet and we've got you know like these are the each day these are the muscle groups we're focusing on blah 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 it's like but on the weekends he said do whatever you want whatever the hell you want to do you want to drink you want to smoke <laughs> you want to bar like whatever it is that you want to do i don't give a shit you can eat whatever you want like it doesn't matter because the whole idea was like that that the trainer has is what's the point in doing all of this work if you can't abuse yourself a little bit <laughs> <laughs> that was how we put it it's like it's like what's the point unless you can't abuse yourself a little bit you know like what, what what's the point in any of this you know like if if it's all just you know if it's all work and no play right we all know what happened to to jack in that movie um <laughs> but yeah uh you bring up an interesting side of of just how of how other ways that productivity has has its its limits it is a lifestyle i mean i want to go back to that 
you know, it's the, when you, when you are committed, when you're being productive, when, when you like, you're not being a lazy ass, you know, you're not sitting around making excuses, telling bullshit stories about, you know, why you're not doing it all the time. You know, that's, that's a whole other thing. When you're actually yeah. going for something, you have a goal, you have a clear set agenda of what you're trying to do, what you're trying to build. It becomes a part of your lifestyle, you know, and that requires consistency and it requires persistency and it requires commitment and it requires dedication and it requires focus and it requires purpose. You know, there's some words for you, right? You got to have those <laughs> elements. <laughs> there's some words. Yeah, there's some definitely words some for words. you. Use them, but you know what I'm saying? So you got these, these things that it requires all that. But when you start incorporating into your lifestyle, these types of things, you don't really want to abuse yourself. You look at the way you were living when you were a lazy ass or when you weren't committed and that was abuse. So when you're taking a day at the beach and you're going for a swim, that's hardly abusing yourself. You know what I mean? And the thing is with the Daniel Craig story, you can say, well, you can drink and you can smoke and you can do all that. But here's the thing. You might not want to do that so much anymore because you know, First of all, it might not feel as good anymore and you might not want to escape like you did before. And you know that if you're really dedicated and committed, you'll pay for it later. So you don't, you know, and so there's like a checks and balances that kind of comes into this, right? Like when you're really persistent and you're committed and you're like into something, you, you don't, you don't act as careless because when you invest yourself into something, it costs more, it would be harder to lose it. Like it's really easy for somebody who's like lazy and doesn't have any goals and doesn't go for anything. It's easy for them to throw it away. It's easy for them to have another slice of pizza and another beer and another smoke and another whatever, because you're not building anything. So it doesn't matter because you, you know, destroy what nothing. Cause you're not building anything. But when you start to put effort in and you start to put blood, sweat and tears into things, when you have a break, it becomes more about self-care as opposed to, to abuse. And you know what? When mm -hmm. you do abuse yourself, it's still an act of care. It's it's there's a there's a carefulness to it. There's a mindfulness to it. And so even if you are having a smoke or a drink or another slice of pizza, you're doing it and you're really enjoying it. You know, you're really you're really doing it because it's something you want to do as opposed to just, I need to distract myself. So I'm going to have a smoke or a drink or something like that. Right. Cause these things are not bad in and of themselves. Although some might argue they are, but they're not really bad in and of themselves. It's the abuse of, of really anything that becomes bad. You yeah. know, one, one piece of pie doesn't, or cake doesn't make you fat. Right? And I think that part of what we're saying is that like you can abuse productivity. <laughs> You totally, know, like, totally. Like workaholics. Like, what is yeah. a workaholic other than a person who's addicted to productivity? You know, right. and and there's usually also an avoidance that's also going on in that process as well. It's the avoidance and the distraction. And I'd love if we could kind of like open that door and look in there because. <laughs> Well, I open, like, that, open yeah. that door up, Brandon. <laughs> Here's <laughs> well, your chance. Yeah, I think there's a lot of uh, there's a lot of workaholics you know, they working all the time is a great way to avoid your emotional life. Get busy, get busy, do this thing all the time. You can, you can just avoid it. And, and distraction when people feel that something, look, we're all guilty of this. And the sooner you admit it, the better off you are. Am I distracting myself? Cause I don't want to feel what I'm feeling. And the, and a lot of the time, I think the life that's beyond product, is when you let these feelings exist and you give them a moment because the things that you re you resist they'll just persist inside of you and and they'll build right so if you're like really angry or you're really sad or you're just really happy and you like give yourself a moment to like have that feeling stop everything and just let that feeling exist and stop trying to run away from it and and you don't even have to have a reason for it but you like and then you go, well, when I have this feeling, what do I want to do and how do I want to express it? You know, and we've said this before, as long as it's not destructive to anyone else or yourself, then it's probably okay to figure out a way to express it. You know, maybe you need to cry into a pillow. Maybe you need to punch a punch a bag. Maybe you need to just go for a hard run. 
maybe you need to jump, enjoy, and dance around your place. But emotion begs for you to express it. And when you constantly avoid it and you constantly ignore it with like work and distraction and productivity, you know, you don't give yourself the life and that thing inside of you, it, it needs to come out. And if you keep stuffing it down, I think it, it starts to, it starts to actually eat at you. It starts to work away at you. And that's why people get burned out. Well, yeah. I mean, eventually it gets you to a place where you go, it's like, if I don't get to the beach, I'm going <laughs> to remove somebody's, <laughs> or somebody's head from their body. <laughs> you really wanted to go to the beach, huh? <laughs> I, oh, man. It was like, I'm not even kidding because like the plan had been to go earlier and then it just kept on getting put off and put off and put off and put off because it's like, well, there's more important things that I got to be doing right now. There's more, there's, there's all these things that have to get done, you know, and, and that's, that's, you can just continue to play that game and continue to put off these things of, of your life and about living well, you can continue to just put those things off because they seem superfluous because they're not practical. You know, they're not, they're not these sort of, they don't fit the mechanics that we're sort of conditioned to thinking are like what you need to be doing or what you should be doing in your life. It's like, if there's things to be done, you got to hammer it, you got to get it done, blah, 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 blah. It's like, well, like if that is what life is, then you know what? We might as well just pull the plug on this whole game called humanity and life right now. If that's what this is all about, what's the point? Honestly, if that's all that this life is about for us as a humanity is to be productive, then I'm out, man. Like, <laughs> I'm not I'm not interested in that shit. And yeah. I think that if like most people on the other end of this probably were like, yeah, like if you really think about it, if life is just actually all about the slog and getting things done and moving, you know, like punching the card in and out producing more things, which there's never going to be any end to the amounts of things that we can produce and create and all that's like, all that's all wonderful. But our, our, the sense of, of importance and meaning that we've given this to that equating to having a good life is just, is just absolute nonsense. So if that's what we're we're equating a good life to, then like, then then what is the point of all of this? But I think that for most of us, there's a little part of us like, no, life is about a lot more than that. You know, it's like even, um, you know, like kind of one of the, like the traditional sort of Western world models that we have. You know, it's just like you got your nine to five and you work and you pay your mortgage, you have your house, and then it's just like, but what's really? I mean, we talked a bit about this, I think, in the last episode but it was like people who are in that kind of rhythm of life um summertime comes along and it's about like okay getting together with like your best friend and and their family or something and you and you're all going away to like the cabin together like that's what you're living for and there's that expression of like living for the weekend mm. you know like everybody's doing this productivity thing you know five days a week, eight hours a day, just so that they can get to these two days where they feel like they can actually live. Mm -hmm. You know, like we have all kinds of funny things like that in our, in our society. Like I remember when I did my first trip to Europe, I went off to Europe by myself when I was 21, I think. And went all around and I traveled with a, with like a bunch of different people from all over the place. Um, and I remember coming home, which was very challenging because I'd had such an incredible experience. Like to this day, like it's very, I don't know if there's another time where for such an extended period <laughs> of, of time where I was so present I was so absolutely present to everything that was happening. And it was such a joyful experience and coming back was kind of like this, this really was a bit jarring. 
And I remember people saying like, oh, so it's back to life now though, right? Back to life now. And I've people have said that in other times, you know, like you go away on a little trip here or there, blah, 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 blah. And it's treated with this thing of like, oh, that's nice. You know, that's nice that you got to do that. But back to real life, back to real life. And I remember hearing that and just thinking that's completely backwards. That is completely fucked. I just came from life. Like I just came from like a close encounter of living, mm. you know, and this is the, this is the sleeping, you know, this is the, this is the nonsense that's going on. I mean, that, that's maybe being a little overly critical, like you can, there's life to be found in, in everything, but there's just this, um, it's, it's a strange thing what we consider to be what life is and what life apparently isn't, you know what I mean? <laughs> I think there's, I think, I think we're touching on that whole concept of presence, you know, and, and being in the moment. And, and I think that every time you excuse yourself from the moment, you know, you're, you're selling off your life a little bit. And what amazes me is that there's people who like hate their job and yet they don't do anything about it. They just go back day after day and they tell themselves some story like, well, it's the best I can do. And, you know, and they, they don't, if, you, if you're not able to change it, then you better figure out how to enjoy it, you know? And I think that productivity is something that, you know, I think from a basically like a survival point of view, right? Like as a human race, we need to figure out how to be productive because productivity is what allowed us to survive. It's what allowed us to build and it's what allowed us to flourish. And yeah there's a certain amount of productivity that's important. And if you don't, if you aren't productive at all, I mean, you get basically get none of it. Right. So, and, and, you know, it can put you into peril. Like if you don't do any of it, you could end up like homeless on the street. You can end up starving. You can end up in, with a lot of problems. Right. So there's a certain amount of productivity. And I think that there's productivity that is like, like there's grades if you want to call it that of productivity right like preschool productivity kindergarten productivity you know grade mm -hmm. one productivity 12th grade productivity you know it's like when you're when you're beginning something you don't have a lot of skills you don't have a lot of abilities you haven't developed so you're doing a very infantile kind of productivity I think the goal is to advance yourself, to improve, to develop, but at the same time you develop, your productivity should improve. So like if you start a business, for example, in a business, you could be an actor, you're starting a business, you could be a filmmaker, you're starting a business, you know, it doesn't matter what you're doing, painter. At first you're working in your business and you're developing how to be a good musician or how to be a good actor, how to be a good filmmaker or screenwriter, whatever, painter. But as you advance, then, then the goal is not to be working in it, it's to be working on it. So you, you get your acting and your filmmaking and your painting and your music to be so good that you don't, that's not what you're working on anymore. That's not really where the productivity is anymore. Now the productivity is about, you know, getting yourself out there, doing these things, right? So, and then eventually you shouldn't even be doing that work. The whole idea is that you remove yourself. That's why we have agents and managers and, you know, assistants, right? So part of, I think, the productivity plan is to remove yourself from being busy. But a lot of people live their whole life just like, I'm going to be busy for the rest of my life. And they're just like, they have no plan to change it. They have no implementation. If anything, they're just riding on hope. And I think, like, you need to have a plan for when you're going to live because the whole point of making all the money or getting all the success is so that when you get that, you can live the life that you've been wanting to live. It's not like, you know, and you can do more of what you love. And I think if you're at a very base level of a job, you got to learn to love mopping the floor, taking out the trash. And I know that, that some people are going, what, how do you do that? It's like, no, that is what you got to do. You got to figure out how to love these little things. 
so that you can transcend them and move on to other things. But if you continue to fight these little things, you tend to be, and, and you can quote me on this, you tend to be stuck at whatever you fight. Mm-hmm. So love it, embrace it, be the best janitor, <laughs> laborer, you know, whatever, stock boy, bus girl, bus boy, waitress, whatever. Be the absolute fucking best at that and, and make that a part of your craft and make part of your productivity being the absolute best. Because by being the best at something, by, by, by showing up with excellence, by loving it and, 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 and bringing a certain kind of quality and attention to it, that gives you opportunities to open other doors. And there's this, there's this saying, it's like, you got to be the first through the door. And the only people that are the first through the door are the people who, who do that little extra. So it's very easy right now in our culture because mo- so many people hate what they do. All you got to do is show up and love it. All you got to do is show up with a great attitude, show up with a, a passion to be great at it, show up with an attention to detail, be present in the moment, you know, embrace it. And not only is that a transferable skill to like everything else, but that's what's going to make you the first through the door. And that's what's going to open you up to other opportunities. And productivity to me is a temporary thing. You're being productive now. Like think like an entrepreneur. You work for five years really hard and accomplish great things so that you can live like most people can't for the rest of your life. That is really the idea of what an entrepreneur is. As an artist, you want to be thinking the same way. So your productivity is like temporary, but in the meantime, while you're being productive and you're doing this thing, make it easier on yourself, you know, show up with like, like love remembering lines, like love memorizing, like all these things that you hate, those count. And when you, when you do it with a certain kind of energy, like, I don't like this, you're, you're only shooting your own yourself in the foot, you know? So Mm -hmm. like, the reason why you need to live for the weekend is because you hate your five days. You know what I mean? Like, so love your five days. Then that weekend isn't about getting away from it. It's about something else. And that's a much more productive way to be living. And this yeah, is where, I, this is where life goes beyond productivity in my opinion. Yeah. I mean, it, uh, it makes me think of something from one of Dan Melman's books where he says, like, if you can't do what you love, love what you do. You know, and finding that and and I think learning to find the value in whatever it is that you're doing, learning to see the contribution. I want to just be uh, I just kind of want to sort of steel man the position of of productivity, because I think we spent a, a lot of time kind of like just like tearing into this notion of productivity but like what's the what's this healthy thing because being being like as an artist like being productive is is so valuable because it's very easy for artists to kind of just get like shut down and not do do anything and and that's no good either you know being productive to an extent gives you a sense of value and at its best it you have an understanding of of a contribution that you are giving others that you are giving to society and that's where productivity is, is at its best is in that light of i am producing and i am creating something creating something and producing it for other people to help other people because this this assists others in something that they're trying to do and as is the case usually with artists you know it's it's for pointing towards something else it's for creating a sense of joy something to dance to something to cry to something to to give expression to people that they might not otherwise be able to give expression to for themselves you know like that's a tremendous thing that you that you can give to people and being an artist again is not all that much different from than than any other person in any other field in any other walk of life you know the art of of living and it's like find the art of being a store clerk find the art of being the stock person you know like it, it's it's 
let's remove the sense of judgment of it and let's see it's like what is the value that you're giving here mm -hmm. i mean holy shit like during this pandemic like incredible that what we've been seeing like the people who are so overlooked became the most necessary frontline people you know the people who rang through our through my groceries holy shit man did i learn how much i have really undervalued people who are who are doing that you know i think as how we have you know collectively undervalued so many people and i think it's been in, in a weird way it's one of the the beautiful things that's come of this is that like i think that a lot of us have learned an appreciation for for people in doing jobs that we just think have been kind of unimportant you know people who i've who are doing something that i've heard other people say it's just like well why should they get paid very much much money it's like they should go and get skilled and do something if they want to like make more money and blah 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 yeah well, how do you feel when you just went and like now you've got like a, your bag full of groceries so that you can eat for the next week, that those people showed up, that those people were there to do that for you? Mm -hmm. Like, holy shit, man, like there's there is a value to to every person who is contributing something. Right. And to bring this back around, no matter what it is that you do in life find the art in it make an art of what you do because you will begin to do it with more with more joy and with more freedom with more creativity um and and you'll learn to excel at something and there's something about somebody who excels in something even if it seems very trivial it gets noticed mm -hmm. like people see it and when people bring quality to whatever it is that they do, it has a way of leading to something else and something greater. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's, that's a great point. I mean, I think that that's something that we, we often try to come back to in, in a roundabout way, but we, we're always trying to say that. I mean, it's, I, I just think that like service and contribution are such an important thing. And when you're in your little bubble of productivity and you're trying to accomplish your goals and trying to get things done for yourself, and it's fine to be selfish. I don't think there's any problem with that, but you can be a selfish contributor. You can be selfish at service, but you can be like, and, and it's all about how you look at it. Like if you, if you realize that like helping others serves you, you know, you might be more inclined to make an effort. And at the end of the day, like there's what you love to do, but why you get paid for it, you get paid for it because someone else benefits from it. So, you know, there's what you love to do. Sometimes what you love to do might not be as fun because really it becomes more about benefiting someone else than it, than it is about doing what you love. And that's, you know, a lot of say famous actors do films that they don't really want to do. They aren't their first choice. They aren't the number one, but they need to do them because they, they need to do something because they need to stay relevant. They need to do something maybe because they need to make some money. They need to do something because like they got to build their brand or, or move forward. And like, maybe they don't get to do the film that they really want to do or maybe they need to do this film so that they can open up the door to do the film they really want to do, whatever it is. I mean, there's, there's, there's an exchange all the time. And I think the life that's beyond productivity is you understanding that sometimes you have to do things that you don't necessarily want to do that aren't your first top favorite thing so that it will let you do what you want to do. Like maybe you got to work a job so that you can be in acting class or so that you can buy the paintbrushes that you need. And look at your job while you're there like, man, this thing is earning me my paintbrushes. This is going to buy me that guitar I want or that drum set I'm working up for, you know? That's going to get me the place where I can play or create or do whatever it is I want to do. And when you see the relationship and the interconnectedness of what you're doing and how it relates to what's really important, you know, say you go out of your way and you, you make all this money and you get this big soundproof house 
so you can buy your drums or your guitar or, or whatever and then you never play because you're always being productive to to get the next big thing and the next like what's the point of getting the big house and doing all the things so you really like not only you have to make time for what's important but you need to see like that you're doing something because it's getting you towards something and it's 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 serving a purpose and and you know to to pair it back to the initial story of you going to the beach going to the beach and going for a swim serves a purpose and it might look like a waste of time it might not look like it's not productive but it's serving a really important purpose and if you don't do it that purpose doesn't get served and sometimes it's not about you it's about the service that you need to provide and you might think it's about you and how you feel but it's actually about you serving a higher value like the point of your life and you might think that well that's about me but maybe it isn't because once you set something in motion sometimes you know or your calling or your muse if you want to call it that sometimes you have to serve your muse you know sometimes you have to serve something that isn't like this like little satiative need, like I want to watch TV or something and you don't because you know that inside of you, there's something that's more important. So you go do that thing to serve that thing. And that's the life that I'm talking about. That's the stuff I'm trying to get to. You know, when, when we talk about this, I'm like, it's just so much more than productivity and productivity is such a vague concept anyway. You know, we don't always know, and we're not always clear on why we need to do what we need to do, but that's why you got to like, listen to your heart, listen to that calling, like listen to that muse, whatever you want to call it. And you gotta make time for it. You know, you gotta like mm -hmm. prioritize it sometimes above being what you're consciously working towards. You know, it's, I mean, we're probably getting to the end of our conversation here, yeah. but you know, there's this really, it's like, because we use this word so often in our culture of productivity, you know, it's it's funny that we come that at least for me, it's like I'm kind of coming to this realization at the end of this that it's like we really do need to think of it more in the terms of creativity. Like, what is it to be a creative human being? You know, as opposed to being a productive human being, but a creative human being, because the world needs creativity more than ever. We need creativity to solve all kinds of problems and and help all kinds of people in all different kinds of ways. Creativity is what is needed. And the thing is with creativity is that creativity very often leads to something productive, right? Something that is truly mm -hmm. productive. That isn't just being productive just because we need to get a new product on the shelves. You know what I mean? But something that actually fulfills and serves a need in the world. And sometimes creativity isn't always productive. You know, like I think that's, that's the thing. Or it doesn't look is, that way. It doesn't look that way. Yeah, like we could philosophically argue it's like, well, no matter what you do creatively, it's productive in some element. It's just that sometimes our creativity, the, it's, its usefulness is unseen, mm -hmm. right? But typically one creative thing, if it doesn't work, it leads to whatever the next creative thing is that does work, right? So there is still a utility in it no matter what. But maybe what we need to start doing is we need to start thinking less about like being productive and more about being creative, mm. more about being creative. And that's, and, and I think that ties into everything that, that we're talking about. It's like, if, if, you know, if you find your role or position in life and and you know whatever job it is that you do being creative in how you approach it is really what we were asking you to do how can you make an art of this what is like get creative think about how you can do this in a new way that mm -hmm. demands creativity and you might bring something new to to that occupation to that job to that role that nobody else has done before and who knows what can come out of that, right? Instead of just trying to be productive, let's be creative beings. And I mean, it's one thing for people to start doing that wherever they are, but it, this is also a call out to, to the leaders out there as well to 
be open and to receive the creativity of the people who work for you. That needs to happen. That needs to be embraced. You know, like we, if you want creative people, sometimes it's not always going to look like something productive. It's not always going to look like, like, you know, a tangible product that's in front of you, but it's absolutely necessary for there to be something real and genuine and useful and purposeful to be produced mm -hmm. is creativity always, always, always. So I think that maybe what's happened is we've got this whole thing flipped in our culture where we've kind of, there's this thing where we're focused on the productivity and then creativity is kind of the thing that maybe comes afterwards as opposed to there's who we are and then there's our creativity and our creativity is what leads to our productivity. Mm -hmm. I like the way you put that. I, I think the creativity, I think that part of it is what gives us purpose and purpose is what really makes you productive, you know? It's, it's like kids in school, right? You can have a kid who's not very good at school and then they find purpose and they find a way in which they can, you know, have a signature in it and they can be creative about it and they can find their own way in. All of a sudden they become excellent, you know, they become excellent at what they do. And it's, it's so much about, you know, productivity without purpose is so pointless. It just really is. I mean, it's like, people are going to be more productive when they feel like they're participating in it and they feel like it's important and they feel like it's connected to something. And I think if you're struggling with productivity, that's why you got to go live. So you can find out like, why are you even doing it in the first place? I have a beer. You have a beer? As do I. <laughs> All right. Let's, you go, you go let's first. Let's take a quick beer break. Yeah. yeah. Um, I'm, I'm drinking uh, the Waypoint Hazy pale ale from Stanley Park Brewing. I'm a, I'm a sucker for a hazy pale ale. Cool. And uh, it's real good, man. <laughs> it's real it's good. It's always good. It's always yeah. good when it's real good. <laughs> I got a really interesting one today. Uh, this is Big Rock Brewery, and I think it's called the Ghost Getter. Is that what that says? Yeah. Ghost getter. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. It's, so, uh, I think like it's actually pronounced Gosa. Gosa. It's a, ger Gosa it's a German word. It's Gosa getter. Yeah. Uh, okay. Well, the Gosa with salt and lime. So it's got like this salt and lime kind of like infusion into it. It's yeah. it kind of tastes like a beer and a margarita kind of combined, or something like that. It's actually really tasty. I I was like, I was like, I'm not sure. <laughs> <laughs> how this is going to be it's unique i mean it's one of those beers where it's like definitely a very specific taste and it might not be for everybody but yeah. um on like a hot day you know it's kind of uh it's kind of a nice like it almost makes you feel like i'm in mexico or something like that it's uh mm. the salt and lime in it is is a nice touch so yeah it's it's cool it's a, it's a good little beer it's very different and very unique yeah yeah, no, yeah. I, I actually haven't had a ghost in a long time, but I typically like them because they're actually kind of like a sour beer. But then yeah, there's, there's, there's always salt in it. That's like the, the thing with a ghost that there's, they're always salted because it helps to cut the sourness mm. of the beer. So, yeah, yeah, and I don't just a little bit of a beer fun fact. <laughs> <laughs> well, I taste it now, actually, the sour side of it. I, I usually don't like sour beers, but yeah, right, the salt kind of balances it out it's nice yeah. um all right, all right final so... final thoughts let me start if you don't mind no not at all okay i i i think the awareness that i'm having about this particular conversation that we opened up is um that there's like whatever your goal is whatever direction or purpose like this thing this place that you want to get to this person you want to be this thing you want to do this thing you want to accomplish whatever that is there's a there's that is supporting a life that you want to live and if you don't make room for the life that you want to live while you're doing this thing then you're going to lose the point of even doing the thing in the first place and that thing is going to burn you out and you're not going to have the steam that you need to really do it well. And I think what I'm taking away from this is that you want to stay connected to the life. You want to stay connected to the, the, the deeper lifestyle that this thing is supporting and encouraging and providing. 
And to prove that to yourself, you need to take time during your ambitious stretch for this to make time for that lifestyle. And if that means going to the beach and going for a swim, then you go do that. And you don't, you don't write it off as like, this is a waste of time. This is the point of the time you're spending being productive. And that is the big takeaway for me. So every goal, every ambition, everything I have, you know, as hard as I'm working towards something, I'm going to be like, okay, you know, maybe it's five days on two days of this or six days on and one day of this or whatever, or an hour of this here or there, but I'm going to make time for the lifestyle that this thing supports. And that's, that's my big takeaway. Hmm. Hmm. Yeah. Um, for me, I'm just going to say, I'm just going to reiterate the point that it's just like, yeah, productivity has, has its limit. It has its breaking point. And, uh, I think this is something I was saying to you before we started recording was that like, and the, and the breaking point is you, you are the breaking point. It's not some other thing. It's you, you will break <laughs> under this weight of trying to be productive. That is if you are out of balance with this thing of productivity, when everything has become about producing and let's shift this idea of being productive into being a creative human being. How does that change the landscape for you? Because for me, being a creative human being means listening and paying attention to myself, to what I need to, to like what I truly actually need to what is actually really happening to where I am actually most useful and functional. Being creative is a moving, active, living thing that, as the word would imply, does create things, which implies productivity of sorts. But it leaves room for so much more to occur other than hard mechanics of, of cause and effect and produce and product you know like it's our lives are so much deeper and so much richer than that and i think that we owe it to ourselves to honor that thanks for listening to the show if you got something out of this if you feel it improved your life or your journey in any way please take a moment to subscribe leave a review or share the episode. You can also support us on Patreon, where we have tons of great bonuses. You are the ones that make the show possible and help us to thrive. Thank you for joining us.